Listening Dog Media. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Athletic. Hello, welcome back. It's The Offside Rule, our second episode of 2023, and we are raring to go. On today's episode, we'll be talking to the BBC's creative director, Gabby Cook, who is the exec producer on the Messy documentary, which was released late last year. Did you see it? It was brilliant. Uh, we're going to hear why the superstar made for such an interesting topic, what goes on behind the scenes of a football documentary, and her thoughts on Lionel Messi finally securing that much-coveted World Cup trophy. But first, let me introduce the other members of today's lineup, and I'm delighted to see that we've got a full house for this show. First up, let's welcome back the queen of our screens, Miss Hayley McQueen. Well, hello. Is it still okay to say Happy New Year? Because if it is, Happy New Year. It's currently the 12th of January that we're recording. We're we're nearly two weeks into the new year, so you can take your Happy New Year and swing off into the sunshine with it. Uh, Thanks, though. Um, Listen, we have missed you. Uh, Lindsay and I were reunited last week, but of course Mm -hmm. we've got the full complement of our trio today. Um, Give me a quick highlight and a quick lowlight for Christmas, Hayley. Oh, Christmas, I had a lot of time off which was great, a whole week, which in football over Christmas is a pretty big deal. Um, I felt like I had a, I was mourning the World Cup, I'm not going to lie, for something that I wasn't massively looking forward to. I really blooming missed it. I went to the Riverside to see Borough win on Boxing Day with my brother, so that was great because I I don't get out to football very often and did it as a fan, Um, had pie, I mean I ate everything. Yeah, I've I've overindulged to say the least, and it's it's still going. There's no dry January for me. Um, came straight back to work, did nine days with just one off in between that, with a heck of a lot of football. And I guess the low point for me was I was on air the day that sadly Gianluca Vialli died, and we, we've we've known I he's been a little this. bit ill for for yeah. a while. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was a really tough day as a broadcaster. Yeah, and that and that made the papers, didn't it, Haley? Because Graham Soonis broke down basically while you were interviewing him yeah 
Yeah, so obviously it was it was headline news in in Italy here and uh, around the world as well. But uh, unfortunately, I didn't think one of my interviews was going to make headline news. But Graham Sooners had agreed to come on and and speak about his good friend. He'd, he'd obviously played out in Italy with him. Of course, Gianluca Vialli started his career at Sampdoria, as we know. Graham Sooners enjoyed his time out there in Syria, and he he wanted to speak and he wanted to give a tribute uh, about his good friend. But it was very soon after learning about the passing of him, and we all know Graham Sooners as this you know rock solid quite intimidating scary yes, man really yeah. um and he he spoke so beautifully about him not really as a footballer but just as a person as a man as a character about his charisma everything and i mean even i was getting emotional and my, my voice was wobbling almost just just asking the questions and was really sort of enjoying what he was having to say but i thought oh am i making him a bit uncomfortable here yeah yeah it, it's always difficult let's bring lindsay into this and when i i'm i'm terrible for when i see people cry it just makes me go and that, that's that's really hard as a broadcaster i've had people kind of well up and and you can feel it it isn't that you can necessarily always hear it but you can feel it and you can feel that they're going and you're trying to be sympathetic to not push them too much but also I'm I you know for me behind the scenes I'm always trying not to cry as well and and you know dying at the age of of 58 is 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 no age really is it it sort of makes makes for sad news and but also the passing Lindsay of you know really pivotal figures within our generation of football I suppose yeah I think sometimes that's the thing that makes you you feel like it's getting closer to you it's the the players that you've known about or you've watched on screen probably for our generation we're more likely to remember what Gianluca Fiali did as a manager I suppose but I I do remember him playing too I know that you guys will as well I remember him yeah and he's I do yeah he wrote a fantastic book on Italian football with um, Gabriel Marcotti, which I absolutely devoured when it came out at the time. He was a, a very wise man. Uh, Lindsay, you've been here, there and everywhere. Um, I know you've sat down with Ben with Ben Mee at Brentford, haven't you? He's up for Player of the Month, isn't he? November and December. I don't know whether that's been announced yet, but of course yeah, Brentford yeah, have, had, have had a really good time of it. And you've been up another death trap gantry ladder. <laughs> Uh, this would not be the offside rule without without hearing about Lindsay's travails up and down ladders. Where have you there been? Can't be and many more. How though, close can there? did it get? <laughs> well, the Accrington one, when when I faced that, I didn't actually go up it. Um, that's how scary that one was. And it wasn't so much the ladder, which was mm-hmm. which was vertical at Accrington. It was the fact that once you got up onto the gantry, there wasn't much keeping you in. And of course, when you see people doing Soccer Saturday, we actually have our back to the action. And I don't trust myself. I know that Haley and Kate, you know how clumsy I can be. Mm. I don't trust myself to not go over the edge. So <laughs> what I would ask is, where are all the health and safety people? Haley and I, when we're at Sky, there's, there's health and safety forms, aren't there, to fill in for everything. So mm-hmm. how how on earth do I manage to go to these places? The latest one being Mansfield, where it's pretty much a derelict stand. You half expecting to see Dion Dublin coming round auctioning it off because it's just empty. <laughs> and then, then there's a corrugated roof at the top with what is a gantry that can hold, I don't know, six people and a trap door that you have to make sure is covered back up in case you fall down. It's a no, really long no, ladder. No, no, oh, no, yes. no, 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 no. Don't and... you open that trap door because <laughs> there's something down there. People of a certain age may know that little ditty. I, I really I did. I, I nearly bottled it as well. What? But I thought because... Trap door? Trap door. Everyone knows yeah. trap door. I nearly did bottle it because I thought, I, I said no at Accrington. I've driven three and a half hours. <laughs> I've got to try and put my brave face on. <laughs> Had it been any other time of the year, I think it's because it's January, new start. Mm. I thought, new me, I'm going to get up this ladder. Brave, brave new you. 
I would have struggled to get up there, Lindsay. Luckily, you're still with us. Everything's fine. You're looking forward to your next high rise challenge, aren't you? No, Um, I don't want any more. (laughs) Perhaps we could speak to Soccer Saturday, Premier League, anywhere you've got to go and find out if there's a feature in Lindsay Hooper Upper Ladder. I did get five goals, though, in that match. To yes. start the oh, new year. Well, there you that's, go. that's good enough. Which that surely worth, made it even more perilous. Surely you want a very dull game to keep your excitement mm. levels low so that you don't accidentally <laughs> slip off or fall over. Um, you, you've interviewed Chloe Kelly um, as well, haven't you, this week? Tell us, uh, tell us how that went. Yes, so we're coming towards that point, which is crazy, isn't it? That it's going to be six months on from the Lionesses winning the Euros and six months to go until the World Cup. And it's such a unique moment in time because usually we wouldn't have these tournaments back to back. It's only because the the home Euros was delayed by a year that suddenly you're going from Euros to a World Cup. It's a really unusual position to be in. And as the player that scored the winning goal in the final against Germany, I wanted to check in with her six months on to see how all of that has settled in, how life's changed for her. And the expectation point now going into a World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. So um, we've, we've got that coming out on Sky Sports inside the WSL very soon. But yeah, it was a nice chat to have. And she had her braces off because we always remember Chloe oh, Kelly yeah. with the braces. She's got we her do. braces off and yeah, yeah, Nashes are looking great. <laughs> uh, well, that's a really important thing, of course, isn't it? Um, I love, and I don't know why I remember this, that her middle name is Maggie, Chloe Maggie Kelly. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But she's, yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's lovely. I managed to speak to her um, after that brilliant Euros win, straight after the final. And she's she's got such a good story, hasn't she, of getting on the bus, going to Wembley to watch games, and the fact that that then became her reality. Her, her dream of one day winning a big major tournament became a reality. And I just, I absolutely love that. Plenty of action in the EFL Cup as well ladies let's just reflect on that mainly because Wolves got booted out didn't they Lindsay oh sadly. come on guys <laughs> yeah that isn't the just reflection that that's not the now. big story but really the, the, the big story is what Lindsay Manchester City are out Southampton instead reaching the semi-finals yeah who saw that coming I know I, I actually luckily, luckily luckily for me as we know my other half is not that into football he had to do some editing work and I got to watch the whole game on my own, in peace and quiet, the little one in bed. It was, I mean, I'd wished it was Man United playing, but not had they suffered at the hands of Southampton. But I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna sit back, watch a bit of EFL Cup action. It was great because I loved Manchester City being knocked out. They kept they kept panning to the bench though, didn't they? And just, look at the bench, look what we've got. I'm like, well, use it then, why don't you? I was like, Erling Haaland's had all this time off. He's complaining about not playing enough football. Where was he? Where was he? I know you've got the Manchester Derby at the weekend, which I'm very much looking forward to, of course. And you do wonder if it's a good thing to be facing Manchester City off the back of this game, but like the wounded animal Maybe. or whether they'll be Maybe. so up for it. Like, I don't really know, but there we go. Mm. I, 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 I enjoyed getting to watch football in peace and quiet. Yeah, plenty of cup action. Back to Premier League, well, this evening, Thursday. Anyway, I'm off to Craven Cottage to watch Fulham-Chelsea this evening, which is my little treat to myself after uh, after working days this week. So I've got some nice Thursday night football to look forward to. I'll, Wrap I'll up be warm. piling on the layers. As we know, that breeze off the Thames at Craven Cottage mm, yes. is vicious. Mm. So me and my five layers uh, will be heading there tonight. All right, ladies, quick reminder before we head into our special guest, Gabby Cook from the BBC, all about the messy documentary. A reminder that if you are listening to us 
person want to get involved to a further point, you can. Check us out on Twitter at OffsideRulePod and our website, OffsideRulePodcast.com. And don't forget, most importantly, to subscribe or follow on your favourite podcasting app. This is the Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Hayley McQueen and Lindsay Hooper. Let's welcome our special guest then for today's show, the creative director at BBC Sport, uh, who also worked as the executive producer on the Messi documentary, which is why we've ensnared her onto the show today. Mm -hmm. It's Gabby Cook. Welcome along. Hi, everyone. Hi. Great to be with you this morning. Really nice to be joined by you. Let's start first things first. Um, I am intrigued how the project, how the Messi documentary came to land on your desk. (laughs) That's a really good question. I suppose we wanted to do something big before the World Cup. And, you know, we're really lucky at the BBC. We've got the rights to some of the biggest events. And there's there's nothing bigger than the Olympics and, and a World Cup. So we were just intrigued by, by the man, uh, by Messi. There is um, something sort of quite enigmatic about him. It's really interesting. The person that's sort of talked about most alongside Messi is probably Ronaldo. And we made a documentary before the Euros Mm. in 2021, and it was called Impossible to Ignore. And you you couldn't sort of have two more polar opposite characters. Uh, Ronaldo is just out there, puts himself out there. He kind of lives lives his life on social media. Whereas Messi is this this quiet genius. We know what he's achieved. We know what he's done. We know how brilliant he is, but we just don't know that much about him. And mm. so I think that was re- really the catalyst for commissioning a 60 minute uh, documentary, which to be honest, wasn't enough time. We, we could have made, <clears throat> we could have made a, you know, a much longer documentary and, uh, but yeah, that that was that was the main sort of driving force behind it. For anyone who hasn't seen the film, it goes right the way back to Messi as a young superstar, really. It speaks to one of his childhood friends, his childhood teacher. And it goes all the way back uh, and catalogues all of his football journey through heading to Barcelona at the age of 13. Um, problems within the national team, how he turned that around, kind of all the way up to the World Cup, I suppose, because the important thing is this was released before the World Cup. So since the documentary, we've sort of had the icing on the cake, but it is a fascinating account. Great interviews, great access to other footballing superstars at that time, and also great archive footage, much of which we've never seen before of Messi, particularly as a young child. Lindsay, I know you really enjoyed it, as I did. It's such a good one, not only for football geeks but also for your casual passerby who would have heard of Messi but don't know anything about his story. Exactly and the thread that I was really interested in Gabby was his relationship with Argentina and the Mm. national side because we all know him in the Barcelona shirt you know I shut my eyes I I think of Messi and I see him in the Barcelona top because that is where he spent the the majority of his life and he spent the majority of his life in Spain as well so Mm. the Argentina link I always think that's so interesting for players that moved away so early what is it like being called up for your national side where is that passion and I think we've got a real insight into that in this one absolutely and I think when you when you hear very clever people talking about um storytelling they talk about a a story arc and I think Messi's relationship with the Argentinian public was was really the, the story arc to this documentary and I think that, funnily enough, we've 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 got this this brilliant fairy tale ending now with with the World Cup, 
but uh, but uh, in the documentary, the redemption was was probably the 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 copper America, and, and funnily enough, losing and and that just devastation in 2016 when Messi misses a penalty, it's it's on his shoulders, and he and he and he and, it, and it's only then that they they really take him to their heart that they see he's actually he's one of us. He, he can lose, and he is human, and he's devastated, and he's crushed, and. When you look back at the Copper America 2021 and the emotion, I think there were probably more tears from Messi and teammates than that we saw in Qatar on on the on December the 18th. Actually, even though it was an incredible moment, I think there was some sort of monkey off the back. You know that that mm. that redemption that they'd finally given the public, or Messi had finally given his people what they wanted, and. I think you know the two journalists that we that we spoke to, Marcella and, and Jonathan. You know, brilliantly articulated that in in the documentary because they they've watched it. You know, they've they've been telling his story for so long, and hmm. the Maradona shadow. You know that Messi's had to 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 live under and live within, and and I think you're right, Lindsay. You know, the fact that he moved to Europe at such a young age was he considered a little bit more European than he was Argentinian. Hmm. So I think that's the backbone of, of the entire story, actually, is that relationship with with that with his, you know, his home public. As you told this story through the documentary, was it the story that you imagined you were going to be telling or were there some surprises along the way and unusual stories or anecdotes that you were finding out about just through the research that you were doing and the people that you were meeting who contributed. Yeah, I think I, I think that relationship with Argentina and playing internationally and and the and the disappointment uh, on the world stage, I suppose, was was something that was a clear story that we wanted to tap into. But you can never really, really sort of foresee what what will, will come out of interviews, and I think that's down to the credibility of our contributors and and that's the high bar that we set so we wanted to speak to people that had shared a dressing room with Messi or had been watching his career closely and had dedicated their careers to writing uh, about him uh, uh, and speaking about him for years and and I think it's only if you've got that real authenticity I think I think it's only then and that credibility that you can unearth stories that you didn't know and I think if we knew every story beforehand I don't think we'd be doing our job because there wouldn't be anything revealing and new to come out of it and that's really hard with somebody as as world famous as Messi but I think there were little gems and I think you know I I reference you know the, the charismatic goalkeeper Emmy Martinez gave us an insight to what he was like as a captain and a, mm. and a leader and you know we've got a bit of a um a stereotypical kind of like dressing room talk we we've all seen you know all or nothing and those 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 sort of insights that that you get and revealing behind the scenes and that Messi's not one of those characters that's going to be doing one of the rousing shouting swearing you know, he chose to talk about Emmy Martinez's daughter and and not and having to see the birth of his daughter over FaceTime. So let's do it for Emmy. And, and I think that that just thought that was such a brilliant, re- revealing story because it just gave me so much insight into the man and the character. And so they're the things that you you aim to unearth that you don't really set out beforehand and have it all mapped out. And and, I don't, and like I say, I don't think that would be right beforehand because nothing new you'd be finding out nothing new yeah and um you know 
Argentina having having won the World Cup since means that you have access to some of that team that you may not have now. And we have insight into them before winning a World Cup and mm. some of those bigger names that emerged like Emi Martinez. You know, also really, really important that Marcela Moro y Araujo, who's the um, South American journalist, you had. The, I, 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 I hadn't actually, I didn't actually know too much about her. And one thing I love about the documentary is that you use her on screen an awful lot. Mm. She is an older female journalist, and my God, she knows her stuff. I mean, that is yeah. clearly evident. But it was also really good to see you use her in that in that way. Really, really important as well. Certainly from kind of our sort of journalistic point of view. In getting the project made, did you? I, I, I mean, when you're doing kind of a documentary about Messi everyone's like well that's a great idea but it all comes down to access and it comes down to who you've got and how you're going to make it different otherwise it's just going to be a lot of journalists talking about Messi without much insight yeah who did it ends you have... up feeling like a talking head sometimes yeah, don't they? Yeah, so, yeah 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 exactly did you have to have specific access or specific people attached to the project before mm. it then got the green light to go ahead Actually, no, we didn't do it that way around. We sort of committed to this. We, we took a bit of a brave step into the unknown. Blindly. <laughs> yes, blindly. I don't know whether that was a bit stupid or not, but, you know, I have to pay credit to the team behind the scenes. And and I love the fact that you referenced the archive as well, um, because Barry Murphy, the producer, worked so hard and, and our researcher team as well. In it was, it was painstaking, actually, and it involved liaising with... with Messi's management to to get approval to some of that home footage from when he was younger and I just thought that was I actually found that footage really emotional Uh, when he was Mm. tiny maybe it's because I'm a mum and I've got a boy (laughs) but when the ball was almost up to his waist yes the ball looked absolutely huge again he didn't get that much bigger to be honest (laughs) true exactly exactly. and I just thought that Mm. was incredible that that Mm. footage we worked really closely with Barcelona and they were fantastic um not only in you know delving into their archive vault and 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 finding that all that footage of, of Messi as a sort of young adolescent uh just when he joined but also just just access to you know Xavi and it was just just they were very very sort of help you know really helpful so yes it was a bit of a leap into the unknown as far as contributors but mm. we we were just determined to, to to really set that bar high not be um like you said a sort of a whole kind of list of talking heads or celebrities or you know we, we didn't want to dumb down in any in any kind of way so you know and I, and I hope that really helped you know tell the story well You speak about getting to know the man, the enigma that I think many people, personality wise, people guess, you know, they think that he's very quiet. um, He gets on with his business, this quiet genius, as you you mentioned Mm. earlier. But I think also from watching the World Cup, a lot of fans will have also seen that he's got a bit of a side to him. And I think that's what Mm. you have to have to be a serial winner and to be as good as he is. We can see that he's, he's got a side that that will win at all costs. I mean, Mm. as creative director and speaking to all of these contributors and there will be things that ended up on the cutting room floor as well, I'm sure. How would you describe him now? You know, in in the future, do you think... Uh, if you were to write a eulogy for him, what would you what would you say about him? Well, it's interesting, Kate, that you referenced Marcella earlier, but I thought she was just brilliant when she came. One of my favourite lines in the documentary is when she's talking about Maradona and Messi, and she says something along the lines of Maradona thrives on conflict and Messi thrives on cooperation. And she, you know, alludes to the fact that 
success and evolution is is really about working together and cooperation and and I and I think he is just unique and out there and on his own and I totally mm. know what you're saying Lindsay because I think after that you know the, the Netherlands match I think we did see yes a, that's what I was thinking of yeah yeah I think we did see a bit of a different side to Messi that um you know just in in the in the mix zone afterwards where, where they do their, their interviews there was there was something that had bothered him obviously that you know the Dutch manager you know the whole Dutch team and there was some issues there and he was riled, he was ruffled and he he looked, you know, and it, it's very, um, it's quite unlike him actually. And I think, I think this, this is still something of an enigma. I think even though I've spent sort of six months with the team sort of pouring over footage and talking about him and going into the edit and then watching him during the World Cup, I still don't quite know who he is. And, um, but I, but I think he's just, He's just so incredibly laid back. There's something of the sort of Roger Federer about him in in that, you know, Roger was this genius who never seemed to sweat on the tennis court and just, you know, and and very rarely showed emotion. And and maybe that's just that genius gene um, that that some very special individuals seem to have. But he's, you know, he's totally unique and, and... just his, his own man. And I think he he just lives his life in his own way. And, you know, and I, it, it, uh, Jonathan Wilson sort of referenced the fact that he married his childhood sweetheart. And he's, mm. you know, he seems to be quite a simple man who enjoys simple things. And, um, and actually, that's almost like the wrong word to use, because being a family man, loving his children and his home life, it's, it's not simple, is it? It just, you know, that's, um, it's actually beautiful. But we we were sort of we would label that as being quite quite simplistic and straightforward and down to earth and I think they're all quite frankly brilliant qualities mm. and I think as he's matured he's just developed his own style of leadership and I think yeah. that the players really play for him and I'm not saying that over the manager I think that they genuinely and I think that really came across in the documentary to the tail end around the Copper America stuff, you know, Mascarano, our captain, our, you know, our leader, you know, you, you know, remember him referencing, using those kind of words. And, and I don't know, I don't know whether just a huge character like Ronaldo possibly has a detrimental effect on a team and is, is almost mm. too big a character and, and domineering and overshadowing. And I mean, it's all easy to say now, isn't it? In the last six months. Um, it almost sounds like you've got the next documentary lined up there, uh, Gabby. Some some <laughs> some really interesting thoughts. Mm-hmm. Very briefly, because we have to say goodbye to you for time. Did yeah. you approach Messi to get involved? How hard did you try and get him? Mm-hmm. Or did you think that's not that's not realistic? So we'll just park it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we. I don't think we tried. We we did, and but we didn't. You didn't pin everything we, on it. No, we didn't pin everything on it because we knew we could tell the story. That sometimes telling somebody else's story hearing other people tell that story is sometimes actually more effective and more powerful so we were okay with that I mean I I would love to get him for you know a follow-up but (laughs) who knows (laughs) it's been fascinating speaking to you the messy documentary is available still to watch via the BBC iPlayer and uh, Gabby uh, worked as executive producer on the documentary our thanks then to the creative director at BBC Sport Gabby Cook for joining us on the show cheers Gabby oh you're very welcome great to chat 
Well, that was a, a really fascinating discussion with Gabby Cook. And she was nice and open with us as well, wasn't she, Linz? Yeah, it was It was so nice to hear about the process, but also what her expectations were going into it. Because I think yeah. if you handle a documentary as big as a messy one, you're probably having a lot of eyes and ears in, in the BBC looking at what you're doing. But um, I thought the execution of it was brilliant. It's a good watch. So anyone mm. who's listening, hopefully they can add it to their watch list after this. A quick reminder about the Athletic Women's Football podcast as well. Uh, of this parish, Lindsay Hooper is the host with the most for that one. And it's back next week. I'm sure there'll be plenty to discuss, key transfers, bit of movement going on in the January window. Lindsay. Yeah, and reaction to all those opening results. We've got some big ones, um, Arsenal against Chelsea this weekend. So we'll be reacting to that. Only three points between them in the table. Arsenal have a game in hand, Chelsea at the top. Uh, so yes, so much uh, to talk about in terms of title race and also all the movers and shakers because there has been quite a lot of transfer business in the women's game too. Um, and I will be picking up on that again in a minute. Right, well, let's head into any other business. Hayley McQueen, I can hear her tapping away. She's bringing up a story to end all stories. Have I picked that up too much? Possibly. Hayley, what have you got? Uh, okay, I did, did you see Lucas Podolsky, who held um, a charity match? Did, did you see no, this? No, I didn't I see this. Seen this. So Lucas, okay, for, former Arsenal man. He was competing in the, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this, the... Schoenland Reichen Cup. It's his own charity indoor football tournament, okay? He's been involved in this initiative, which has been going for many years. Now, he got through to the semi-final. It was a clash with Rottweiss Essen, which sounds like an angry dog, a Rottweiler. Sounds like a sausage. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was actually Lucas Podolski himself who got so angry. He got sent off. He got sent off in his own <laughs> charity football tournament. It was quite intense. Lots of fouls. There were three penalties awarded. Yeah, it was It was just a little bit of hilarity. But it's good to see that uh, players still contributing slightly differently when they leave uh, professional football and can help with the charity and still get stuck in. Of course, he scored 31 goals in 82 games in all competitions at Arsenal and he'd set his sights on scoring at least 40 in this one tournament alone so perhaps the standard wasn't quite up to scratch maybe the standard of refereeing wasn't uh, either but yeah fun and games for him I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was quite amusing bit of a slightly ridiculous one from me for any other business but it did make me smile a bit Uh, we've all been haven't we sadly mourning the death of the football legend Pele but what about this Facebook post which um, apparently was well sourced that said that Pele's feet were going to be displayed by FIFA in a football museum yes that's right it got shared a gazillion times and it's led to major news outlets having to deny that the story came from them as someone rightly pointed out on the post are they just going to amputate them and put them on display in a museum no they're not i'm pleased to relay fifa rejected the claim tnt sports brazil said they were not the source of information his body was buried with the feet still attached in his hometown of santos on january the 3rd maybe that's where the idea instead transformed into every country who's part of fifa should have a stadium named after pele Maybe that's where that came from. Maybe, maybe. What yeah. have you got, Linz? Well, I think it's really important when, we, when we're talking transfer news to also keep an eye on what's happening in the women's side of things because there's been a growth spurt since the Euro win. You know, it, it all seems like it's going in one direction. We've had sellout stadiums. We've seen as well in the last week that the finalissima, which is going to be at Wembley, which is going to be the first time ever England Lionesses take on Brazil, has sold out Wembley. Right. Um, so quickly so, sold out as well. Yeah, it's 
brilliant to see. And then I think on the transfer side of things, we also have to have a marker as to where the game's coming. And the fact Bethany England moved from Chelsea to Spurs for a record deal, uh, reported to be around £250,000, means that those are constantly being broken each window. It all feels so good, doesn't it? I, I don't know whether... After multiple missed opportunities, Kate, that both you and I have covered over the last decade where the women's game could have kicked on, I don't know whether everything's just a melting pot of brilliance. The fact that we've got a Euros, we've got an Olympics coming up, we've got a World Cup and the fact that the Lioness is won on home soil. But it does feel like it's going in a different direction. And I wanted to give a nod to that early on in 2023 because I think this year it could grow even more. What will we be talking about next January? Yeah, rightly so. A big explosion in the women's game. We've seen that the, that the momentum has been with it, certainly in terms of support, but that's being backed up by clubs getting involved, fans getting involved, and of course, building up to a World Cup. It feels, uh, it feels like there really is uh, something, well, we know that there's definitely something going on, but in terms of reaching those real higher echelons of the game, uh, watch this space. Lots and lots to look forward to. All right, I'll wrap it up there. A big thanks to Gabby Cook from the BBC, the creative director who was the exact producer on the Messy documentary uh, for giving us such an enlightening conversation earlier about that documentary. And a reminder, you can catch up with it on the BBC iPlayer. Let us know what you liked and disliked otherwise about the show. Remember, all feedback... Very welcome at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Hayley, what are you up to? I'm hosting a big event at Sky, which is actually just for internal Sky employees, where myself, Carvey Solokol and Dharma Chef get together with Jamie Carragher to do a pre-transfer deadline um, special programme. And it's in the cinema at Sky. So Ooh. I'm actually a bit Ooh. more nervous about doing that in front of my own colleagues on a stage in a cinema than I am actually mm. heading on air to broadcast but that will be fun and then of course on as well on transfer deadline day I'm just trying to line up a big name guest a big footballer we'd had hope for Roberto Martinez but he's busy relocating to Portugal now having taken the job there but it would it would have been him in the studio but yeah mm. it's going to be great at Sky Sports News mm. and Lindsay can we continue with the Lindsay Hooper up a gantry ladder feature no we can't I've been to Molyneux <laughs> several times as you know Kate being a Wolves fan and I'm there on Saturday I know exactly where I'll be sat it's safe it's dry I'll be happy. Um, so Wolves against West Ham, which is going to be a huge game towards the bottom of the table in the Premier League. I know we're, we're entering that halfway point of the season. Nothing's a six-pointer, as it were, but I, I do really feel like Wolves need the momentum of a win here, um, especially against a team around them. And then, as we've mentioned, the Arsenal-Chelsea game in WSL on Sunday, live on Sky from the Emirates Stadium. Over 40,000 tickets have been sold. Can't wait for that one. Mm, so much good stuff to come. All right, well, listen, thank you to both of you, Hayley and to Lindsay, and thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.